0: Hey, everybody. It's Mark. What an incredible experience we are all sharing with the situation at Kelly Moore with the company being acquired uh, a year ago by private equity firm, the Flax Group. And then one year later, just over one year later, closed with all employees unceremoniously let go. The company was shut with customer orders on the floors. And so that experience became the epicenter of of the last probably 2 weeks or so of my life i'm trying to get a handle on what the fuck is gone on here in terms of the details but one thing i can tell you for sure is kelly moore's closed the 340 million dollars in sales that they were currently doing has uh, uh is being picked over by uh the opportunistic and aggressive uh, other paint Players in the space, uh, dealers, manufacturers, et cetera, and the employees are finding jobs and Kelly Moore is gone. I personally have had interactions uh, with Charles Gassenheimer leading uh, up to this that are now about a year old that suddenly I find myself wanting to tell you about. And it's created just this tremendous content opportunity, which I intend to follow. Because I was basically home and retired. And so I think that there's truths here to be found. And so I'm going to continue to write. I'm going to continue to investigate. I'm going to continue to share uh, what truths I find. And I'm going to continue to use LinkedIn. And I'm going to continue to try to help connect people with jobs. And uh, one way that I can speed up that process is is starting to make podcasts. And uh, My friend Steve has agreed to basically... You know, get on the other side of the microphone with me and let me start telling this story, which as I'm starting to uh, sort of dig into it and investigate, I've already started sharing with people. I, I think it's likely that this is the sort of event uh, that I am going to be covering for at least three months, but, but probably closer to the balance of the year from the size of the experience that I'm having uh, here. And so I want to take a second, I want to introduce... Uh, you to my friend, Steve, he's a, he's a great dude. He loves, he loves paint. He loves baseball. He loves uh, music. Uh, He's old like I am. And so he's, he's great to have conversations with. He and I uh, often talk for, you know, at length uh, currently our topic is uh, mostly about our retirement. Although the last couple of weeks, not a lot of, not a lot of retirement in my life. And so he's just a good conversationalist and he's, he's hooking me up with a favor here being on the other side of the microphone as I, over the next, you know, a couple of months, start, start just throwing this story out as I'm learning facts uh, and putting them out there as quickly as I can. So anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm hoping that you enjoy it. First and foremost, if you want to reach out to me at any time for a confidential conversation, uh, shoot me a text, send me an email, and, and I will respond to you as quickly as possible. And so welcome to the very first episode. I'm Mark Lipton, the host of Charles Gassenheimer's Lives. You know, the interest in paint, though, is what started it, right? I mean, yeah. you know, we always obviously Absolutely. geek out on that because we're here writing and reading for as long as you've been doing. Yeah, so, well, and it literally started, what, 25 years ago when we did the NACE class together. Yeah, that's right. And uh, who, that's knew, right. who knew then? That's right, um, that's right. Who knew that there could be another, like, industrial paint geek, baseball geek, you know, yeah. 60-year-old, you know, 30 year yeah. the paint business geek, you know? I almost feel like I'm looking in the mirror, you know? It almost seems well, a little... I, I feel the same way, too. It's a little no stalkerish, you know? Thank God I have the nice beard so that, you know, our parents can tell us apart. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so, listen, since, since you're interested in hearing the story, I'm going to tell it to you, and I'm going to... uh put it up and see who wants to listen. And so let's, let's, let's get into it. What do you say? Perfect. Yeah, let's do it. And so I don't even know where to start this story. It's difficult uh, to tell where to start this story. And so I'm going to start just by saying that there's going to be a lot more questions then there are answers after this first 15 or 20 minutes because it's a complicated story. Sure. Let me just give a little context in my experience first, as just a, a member of the independent channel, as just somebody who's been here in the paint business and you know, done uh, spent an entire career with this same group of people, right? That's mm-hmm. that's who we're mm-hmm. talking about, the vendors. Uh, And in this case, in this circumstances, other people affected uh, uh, were the employees of Kelly Moore, many of most of whom I did not know. I had a few uh, friends at the company. And so we're going to talk about uh, what happened here, why I'm here, what's going on here, what my plans are here, what I know now that I'm comfortable talking about, what I'm working on and investigating. And well, I was just going to brain dump that all on you in some sort of uh, order as it as it comes to me. And so as far as I'm concerned, this is the closing of Kelly Moore is one of the most significant events. When I look at, you know, the 30 years of my career, certainly the effects of the pandemic uh, was mm-hmm. a significant event as has impacted the industry. There were other periods of time, uh, maybe where events were so significant uh, uh, in short periods of time, maybe when uh, VOC laws changed, there was this huge sort of impact. But but this right. is absolutely uh, among the largest uh, events that I've uh, given coverage to at any time uh, mm-hmm. in my 30 years in the industry. And And since it started to break, which for me was about two weeks ago, since it started to break, I've actually been working full-time. I expressed to you before we started. I probably did 40, 50, uh, maybe more hours this week. I can't believe the attention that this has gotten on my LinkedIn. It's It's unbelievable. It's like nothing i've ever seen i'm i was used to you know we're a small little micro niche of the industry Mm -hmm. i was used to being uh counting my readers in the hundreds and you know now all of a sudden uh with with that context let me let me jump right in and and say that i uh, uh met i got to know charles gassenheimer at the beginning and so that's where i think for me uh i've decided this story begins is is uh, so we all know what we know is that Kelly Moore is closed. There's about 1,200 employees. They've all been let go, mm-hmm. with the exception of a staff that's remaining, which I'm I'm not sure I'm prepared to say uh, how many people are left at this time. But there is still staff remaining. What I do know is that somewhere around the 12th or 14th of January, Kelly Moore announced what they called an orderly shutdown of the corporation, which I can now report, obviously, uh, is, a, is a lie on its face. Uh, uh, it, it's incorrect. An orderly shutdown uh, would not have had employees locking the doors, told to depo- make their final deposits at the bank and go home leaving a note on the door saying that this business is closed. Uh, I'm able to report now that Kelly Moore was shut down in an instant. This was not an orderly closure or anything like it. These stores were shut down overnight. Their managers were told to uh, uh, leave notes on the door saying that uh, the store is now closed with no further notice. Customers have orders Retail customers, painters have orders inside the stores that they can see that they placed and were and were manual and were uh, boxed up on the floor of the store. They can see them and they are unable to pick them up. That is not an orderly uh, shutdown. There were batches. I can also report that there were batches in the tanks. They were wet Mm -hmm. batches in the tanks at the Hearst factory. That is not an orderly shutdown. I'm here to report that that message from Charles Gassenheimer, who's the CEO of Kelly Moore, and other things that I think I'll be able to report, uh, for sure there's lies in that statement. I'm going to start by, uh, uh, you know, keep going. I think the story is about, you know, how I met Charles, and I'll get to as much as I can and and yeah. see what's up. But they, they bought the company uh, in October, and I reported on it. It was news. Uh, Mm -hmm. that a private equity firm uh, had purchased Kelly Moore. I had Mm -hmm. never had a close relationship with Kelly Moore. Uh, You know, my life has been spent primarily with the other Moore, as everybody knows. You know, I'm deeply connected in the Benjamin Moore community. I've worked uh, at Benjamin Moore. I have a lot of friends, family, my nephew. uh, uh, Andrew works at Benjamin Moore, so there's a strong connection, right? But yeah. I you know I'm still I'm an old guy and so I've I you know over the years a handful of people I knew here and there and and when they bought the company uh through those few people, uh I started to think that there might be an opportunity to uh uh to talk to them about the work that I do no different than any other paint manufacturer and right talk talk to them about uh you know possibly consulting or possibly you know, some of the commercial aspects of my net of, you know, what I put out my blog is, you know, I I, I never sell anything in the blog, but you know, podcasts and shit. Yeah. I've made mm-hmm. money on and off of that stuff over the course of my career. And so uh, uh, with no reason to think anything other than it was a good networking opportunity, I reached out to him. Uh, after the new year, you saw what I printed. And I said, Hey, what's up? And this is what I do. And he said, Yeah, let's talk. And We had a, uh, you know, as I recall it, a short, you know, conversation, and from there he put me in touch with uh, two of his executives, which immediately I I noticed they were both part time executives, which struck me as odd, considering he was saying he was about to try to turn this company around. I don't, I I didn't know how he was going to do it with these two five hour a week, you know, chief. marketing people. But he put me in touch with uh, these two executives, and they had some needs, you know, they had just bought this company. And they didn't know a lot about the paint business. And I seemed to know a lot about the paint business. And they wanted to meet dealers. And I seemed to be able to be able to do that. And so, right. you know, we made a deal. And we came to an agreement, uh, we brought in some other entities within our community, and we were ready to go. We were ready to sign what would have been uh, you know, a two-year, what I would call like sort of consulting NIL uh, deal. Yeah, and, on the face of it, it sounds like a good opportunity for both of you. Right. It yeah. seemed right, exactly. That that's what I was feeling like is these guys want to pay me to meet all my friends. You know, <laughs> that's that's exactly what a good consulting job looks like, right? <laughs> good job. Right, exactly. <laughs> And, and so I didn't think anything of it. And we started these negotiations. They went okay. I'm starting to hear from some friends that what I'm telling them I'm negotiating, they can't conceive this guy agreeing to from what they're seeing happening on the inside of the company. And so, listen, that's a red flag, right? That was probably my first red flag, but I also uh, was thinking maybe if they're seeing mistakes that are causing these people to say to me things, you know, maybe they've decided that they need a strategist and and they wanna try to fix some of these things. And so I pressed on. I didn't have any reason, frankly, to think otherwise. Yeah. And so we come to this two-year agreement and we're right at the end. Right We're ready to go. Um, I don't know how many days away I am from my first check, not many. And we schedule a call. The first uh output of our agreement mm-hmm. was going to be to introduce Gassenheimer, address the uh, my followers, make the disclosures, and what have you. Right. and uh, that was our plan with his people, and we were ready to go, and I got on this. Call this first one was the the first output was a a recording with the CEO to do all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And so the only other time I had met him was the prep for all of this that I said before. Mm -hmm. And and he was not alone on the call. So I I can't say that I met him. I I remember thinking, you know, what I thought of his personality. Yeah. But I don't remember having a very strong opinion. There were other people on the call, etc. This was my first time. On a call with him, it sounds like like they were almost interviewing you with a little bit of a group to see if well um, if if you were who you who you uh, said you were. And well, and I if- think that I I don't know what their motivations mm-hmm. uh, were in how they treated me, uh, except to say that I find and now that I'm digging in uh, deeper and deeper, which I am doing, mm-hmm. uh, I find that they treated. They were about to treat me. You're going to hear a different story. Sure. They were about to treat me as poorly as they seem to have treated all of their employees and all of their vendors. Yeah. Now, my story is different because I had this appointment. I had an opportunity that you guys did not have. Yep. And here's the difference. If you are a victim of this, if you are an employee damaged by these actions, if you are a vendor damaged by these actions, the only difference between your experience and my experience. And I am undamaged by these actions, financially, at least. If if, that, if anything, the following may be enriching me. Who the hell knows? The only difference that I can think of is that I got 30 minutes to meet Charles Gassenheimer. Mm-hmm. And you did not. Because I'm talking to all 1,200 of you and every at Kelly Moore employee and every vendor in this Circle that ever met them. Had you had thirty minutes with Charles Gassenheimer, you would have quit, and you would have felt really chill about the whole thing. Right? Mm-hmm. I did the right thing. I'm out of here. That's what's best. And so, that's what happened. In a nutshell, we had this uh, we had this recorded conversation, which I will be releasing where it it immediately, within minutes of the beginning of the conversation, and remember that I came on thinking I had hit a scratch off and I was just about to get my first check on a $400,000 payday. That's what I was thinking. Right? That's what I was thinking when I got on that wall. Right. That's, that's, I don't, I don't say that to be impressive. I say that so that I am fully transparent all the time because I'm about to show a lot of fucking receipts, Steve. Mm-hmm. I'm about to show a lot of receipts. And so I'm part of that. Yeah. I'm part of that receipt. And so I did think about that. It's a private, right. Nobody really talks about money. Right. Uh And so I did think about whether or not to disclose that, but I, yeah. Listen, you know me, I, I'm i going to disclose everything this way. There's no questions, right? That's yep, the best play way it to out it. there. So five minutes into this conversation, I'm already thinking this guy doesn't know shit about the paint industry. <laughs> he literally can't get five minutes into the conversation without making me think like my guys at the counter could have done better with this conversation.
1: Yeah. wow. and this
0: guy is doing like, he just doesn't know anything. Yeah. The new and CEO. So, right. New CEO. So you can start seeing on my face. It's interesting. I had forgotten a lot of this because I saved this. You're going to hear why nobody heard this episode in a little while. Mm-hmm. You're uh, uh, you can see on my face. I saved the episode and I didn't watch it again. I just thought I, you know, I don't need it. So I, you know, put it in right. the folder. And but now that I watched about half of it again, uh, you can see on my face as I start to question, and in fact, about halfway through, you can even see on my face where I made the decision. I need more information. Yeah, and so I'm gonna talk about that. So,,, uh, uh, we have this conversation. He starts to show me that he's, you know, I would have to say, uh, completely uneducated on the industry that he had just invested in. Mm-hmm. He did not understand the basic vernacular. Uh, you would not call him fluent in our business in any mm-hmm. way, shape or form. And that immediately caught me off guard because I didn't know how big Kelly Moore was at the time. If At the time, if you had asked me to guess, I could check with some friends. Maybe I'm sure I texted about it. But at the time, if you had asked me to guess, I would have told you Kelly Moore is probably two hundred and fifty million dollar company. Mm-hmm. Now I'll tell you at the close, they were three hundred forty million dollar company. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 hang on, this happens so often; it's mm-hmm. the pot, and and so <laughs> oh. it was. It was very clear he. He did not have the vernacular. And that caught me off guard. He had just bought this very large corporation, a couple hundred <laughs> million for sure, lots of stores, lots of people, and he couldn't hold a conversation. And then as we got later into the conversation, my thinking about him started to get worse. You know, in, in my opinion, just n- not really holding up his end of the conversation. It's it becomes clear to me that I am not engaged in a conversation with a talented CEO who is uh, capable of paying me $400,000 over the next two years. Sure. And so I don't want to spend too much time on this here because I actually want to make another episode just about this. And so I need a lot of time. I'm planning right now just to tell you this will be sort of an all-hands all court press for probably ninety days for me, and then it, it'll probably be most of my writing for the remainder of the year. That's my suspicion right now, based on how much I'm uh, seeing and experiencing. If that changes, I don't know. Experiencing, and so yeah. anyway, I get off the call with this guy, thinking maybe I don't want to. Maybe I don't want this guy's money. Obviously, I knew what my friends had been telling me you know, they had been telling me, right. Doesn't make sense. Right. Exactly. I already had that red flag. And so I started thinking who else can answer some questions for me about Kelly Moore. And it occurred to me that the vendors could, right? Because somebody's selling him brushes, somebody's selling him rollers, somebody's selling him tape and whatever. And you've got relationships. With and, you and I got relationships guys. with all of those people, right? I've consulted yeah. for many of them. I've mm-hmm. I've certainly met, you know, all the major players over the course of my career. Right. And so I just started reaching out to people and saying basically, what's up? And, and started hearing some, not just stories of lack of payment, but stories of what I would call Unethical behavior in the client-vendor relationship. Wow. And I I take offense to people that can't do business without proper ethical values. Right. Taking advantage of somebody. I struggle with that because I... I'm involved with organizations and have been involved with organizations where you have to read the list of all the things that defines ethical and then sign your name at the bottom and say, I'll do that. Yeah. Right. I've raised my hand and I've said, yeah, "Yeah, I'll do that. Right. And so I don't like being around people like that. And so when I started hearing Uh, about the unethical behavior I decided quickly after doing some research it didn't take much you know whatever you need a half a dozen calls to Mm -hmm. to hear enough I don't remember but to hear enough that I just decided I didn't want to deal with him and uh I didn't need his money that badly thankfully I'm grateful I don't speak about that comfortably by the way uh and And I just didn't want to be embroiled in who knew at the time, yeah, right? I ended up embroiled anyway. uh <laughs> I, I just didn't want to be embroiled, and so I sent him a text, I sent his the two uh part- time whatever the hell they were part- time chief marketing people yeah uh, i i I sent the two of them a very short email that said politely thank you so much. It's been great to know you. Uh, I won't be moving forward. You know, as I recall, I might've said something like, if you want further details, call Charles. Mm -hmm. And I texted Charles something equally as short, which basically just says, Hey, I just reached out to these two and I told them, I won't be moving forward with you. And if you want to know more, I'll take a call. And Mm -hmm. he did, he replied that he wanted to know my reasoning. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was already planning to write about him.